from New York City. A podcast from working actors, directors, and playwrights. This is the Cry Havoc Company. Hello, and welcome to the Cry Havoc Podcast. Today around the table we have... Jen Reichert, I'm a playwright and sometime actor. Will Harper, I'm an actor and sometime playwright and director. I'm Jenny Curlin, I'm an actor. I'm Matt Coward, I'm a director. And I'm Kit Lavoy, I'm a director and a playwright. Today we are talking about uh, directing actors. And the uh, group that we have uh, today are directors and actors and also, interestingly, uh, in the cases of both Will and Jenny, actors primarily who also uh, have directed. Um, and actually, Will, you have directed for the first time fairly recently. So I actually think this is going to be, uh, uh, might be a particularly interesting discussion, certainly for me, because part of the nature of directing is that you very rarely see other directors direct. So I certainly am, am very familiar with Matt's work, for instance, but I have very rarely been in a room when he is actually uh, working with actors. And really today what we're talking about is what the collaboration between a director and an actor is that leads to the performance that the audience finally sees on stage. That theater is by nature a collaborative art and it's something I've actually said a few times uh, in, the, in the podcast in, in the past is that sometimes in a show my proudest moment in a, as a director will be a moment that the audience thinks of as an actor moment because it was something that we came together to through the uh, through the collaboration process. So to start us off, for each of you, how do you conceive of the actor's job and the director's job in the process? Well, I would say uh, I'll start talking about what a director's job is because that's, I guess, what I think I know better. Um, I think ultimately... What a director's job is to uh, is to tell the story with clarity and specificity, um, and so therefore inherently, I think the actor's job is to do something very similar. Although I think that their story is much more personal and about uh, fully creating a character and a character's life that feeds into the story that the rest of the actors are telling and that the director is also telling. I think um, this has probably changed for me over the last. A um, couple of months, I, I, I guess I used to feel like specifically that the job of a director was to sort of, and it's something actually you said once, um, is to is to make sure everyone else can do their job really well and to facilitate that. And I feel like that's true, but also I think having worked, um, having directed for the first time and actually coming into a piece where I was like I had this cast that was far more intimate with the piece than I was before we even started. A lot of it was um, facilitating the clarity of the script. I guess to like to, to piggyback on what you were saying, Matt, um, because um, they were they were they were they were so they were so deeply connected to the script in a way that I I was not that it, it I had to really rely heavily on them to sort of uh, really make certain things clear to me. And uh, I, I believe, I, th I feel like their process um, 
was germane to mine. Um, you know, just like being able to find things because I they they were because they were there before I was. So, uh, so yeah. I I mean I I think that I, I agree with everything that you guys have said, and I I think the way that I often think about it, and actually have talked about it in the past that really what I as a director at least would like the actors to be doing in the room is really to be there to advocate for their character um, you know to be the person telling their character's story uh, for the designers to be telling the story of the world and I think in a lot of ways the uh, director is the one who's there to um, really pull together all of the individual stories that everyone is telling into one clear but also coherent story. And I think that the, the, the subtlety there for me is that it's both clear in terms of really understanding what's happening, but coherent in terms of the ideas that are underlying all of it. Um, and, you know, hopefully, again, driving from what each of the actors and everyone else is bringing to the table and trying to bring those things into something that is clear and is coherent. And one thing that I will say, I don't think the relationship is, but I think is the way I think some people, and I think maybe a lot of people do think about it, is that the director is there to dictate the story and the actors are there to do what that director has dictated for them. I think it's a much more delicate dance than that, at least when it's done really well. Uh, yeah, I often think of what... Uh what my job is in the relationship with the actor is very much like a filter. It's like they are there to bring choices and ideas to the table, and what we do together is to, uh, to discover and decide what choices, when lined up together one after the other, uh, serve the story and make it the most clear and exciting. Um, but it's not like I came in with an idea of like, oh, at first it's going to be this really, this thing happens, and then this thing happens. It's more like... Um, a roadmap that we discover together. And it's interesting because as an actor, I really, that's my favorite part of the process is kind of figuring out how it relates to me, how this character is mine, how complex it is, mm. and just getting into it myself and to have a director that's kind of looking at the bigger picture so I don't have to worry about it. And that I can just do what, what, work, what hits me, what, what makes me respond to this character and know that a director is kind of looking at how it pieces together with everyone else. It's kind of what I like most about the process. Yeah. Uh, something actually that, that I have thought before is that, again, that the idea that the actor's job is to play their character, and the director's job, in a lot of ways, I, I think, is to play the world, the world in which the characters inhabit. And I think that there are real ways in which the it is the director's job, I think, to have a clear picture of what the play needs to be. But again, rather than dictating this is what the play needs to be, now go do it, that they are the arbiter of which of the choices that the actors bring to the table are the ones that fit best in this world. Um, but again, hopefully the actors, it's something actually, I, 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 a metaphor for me is it's that the actors are the engine of it and the director is the rudder where the actors are bringing the things to the table that are all of the things it could be, and it's the director who's selecting and encouraging people in specific directions that's going to take the whole thing in a direction. Hmm. I actually thought you were going to say the tracks, like a train. 
but a, a rudder is, you know, you can change more. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I think that's that's it. And there have been times I know as a director where, related to that, um, how do you, how would you say that the balance of what the actor brings to the table and director brings to the table is what ends up defining a performance? I think it's a very difficult question to answer, uh, but. I've thought about that before, and I have always thought of myself as like the uh, the Tenzig Norgay to their <laughs> Edmund Hillary. You know, I'm like the Sherpa who helped them get up the mountain, but at the end of the day, everyone knows who, or he's the one that they credit with climbing Mount Everest. And every night, they're the person up there doing it. Uh, I just helped them find the tools to, to do that every time. Uh, and I think it's actually very rewarding when I no longer see any of m any of my ideas, but I only see their ideas in the show. When the Sherpa's not in the photo at the time. Yes, yeah, when the Sherpa disappears. Someone's going to take the picture. You know, I, I always take a little bit of offense a little bit of offense when people say like, oh, I really saw your direction up there. I'm like, oh, that's, that's a horrible insult. Um, I feel like it's my job to disappear. Uh, because if people are aware of the direction, then they're not really aware of the story. Although I, I think I, I know a lot of directors who, in this metaphor, if they're saying that the actor is Edmund Hillary, that they're the guy who made the mountain. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, so I think it's a very big I don't line. buy into that. <laughs> no, no, no. I think, I think in terms of how much of the performance is the actors and the directors, it's a very blurry line for me. I would almost say it's the performance is all the actors, because they're the person who's up there having to make it seem like the first time every time, and I have nothing to do with that. Um, and that's something that I don't do well. How helpful uh, is it, do you think, for a director to have a background as an actor? Uh, and I'm actually especially interested in those people who are primarily actors who have directed how that worked into your process. I, you know, I, I feel that having being primarily an actor was the only this was the only way that I actually could relate to the process of of, of directing. And I mean, like I've tried directing before, and it was it was really sad. Like what happened? And, <laughs> and, and, and so like actually coming into something with people that had a very similar uh, outlook on on the process of acting uh, allowed me to sort of. Uh, it allowed me to just sort of be in the space, sit back, have have ideas, throw them out, watch them throw themselves into those ideas. They come in with their own ideas, and they throw themselves into you know into the backdrop that I've sort of like constructed for the day. And I feel like having, I guess maybe like understanding kind of what they were gonna have to do for that day in the pro, like in rehearsal, and what the thing you know, um, what what we were hoping for the piece to be. Um, by the time we were in front of people, it allowed for a common language that that I, I guess you know it's not extremely common, at least in my in my uh, experiences as an actor. Sometimes directors come at you with very you know they, you have to filter what is being said to you through. Okay, they're giving me this very result-oriented note. I can't play. You know, I'm just really pissed off at this guy. I have to go into why I'm pissed off at this guy. You know, and so. Um, I think maybe since we were all actors in the room, you know, I, I, I'd like to think that, you know, I was able to 
to, to, to help them kind of understand like what the furnace needs to be underneath each moment and uh, use the terminology that, that we all kind of know coming from that other end. So, um, but I don't know if it's, oh, and I don't think it's like, like absolutely necessary that a director have an, an actor's background. I just know that that helped me get through it as opposed to, you know, the first time I directed when I was just looking at it from a director's standpoint and everything fell apart. So, uh, it's actually interesting because I feel like I've learned the most about acting from being on the directing side of associate directing and kind of watching Kit direct actors. I've learned the most um, about my acting process through those experiences. And actually something sticks out to me where we were in a workshop and I was working on a monologue and you were actually, Will, working with me kind of as a director and kind of working with me on the monologue and kind of going through an exercise with me. And working on that monologue as an actor, I kind of saw what you were doing as a director, and you were kind of feeling out something um, that you had questioned that someone had been working with you on as an actor, and it was just really interesting to kind of see the different sides of that. I mean, there are directors out there uh, who are, you know, don't have an acting background, uh, who direct very well. Um, there are directors out there with an acting background who don't direct very well. Um, that said, I do think that there, for myself anyway, uh, can be something, I, I find that I, my training as an actor is something that is with me every single day in rehearsal. And I think that a lot of that is really that idea of the director as diagnostician you know, that you're seeing what an actor is doing and to be able to get inside the actor's head enough to understand not just, I need you to be more this, but to really understand, you know, what, what piston isn't firing for them that's causing it to be this other thing. Um, because for the most part, you know, people are up there doing their very best. I mean, they're not up there without a piston firing because they don't want it to. It's that usually that they're not aware that they're not being aware enough of this character over here or that they're not bringing the moment before in with them or that their objective isn't clear enough. I mean, that usually people come in trying to say, I want to have a clear moment before and a clear objective and a, de and a, and a relationship with every character in the room. But to be able to understand as a director all of the things that do figure into the way that an actor understands a moment and is an experiencing moment on stage can help you guide them towards the thing that they are totally capable of but don't necessarily have the perspective to see because they're in the, they're in the moment. Well, it's interesting too because you're, this, the school that you went to for grad school made you take kind of a whole acting course and you went through different courses on acting because they knew the importance of that and knew how that would affect you as a director. Even though you were um, getting an MFA in directing, they knew that acting would be an important part of that process. And I think the, the key yeah. element of that it was that you have a common language, that mm -hmm. uh, if an actor goes through training to, to learn what they do, they learn a whole set of vocabulary and tools for what they do. And if the director has a completely separate different set that doesn't match up there's there's got to be translation going on like you said well 
Like you've always got to be like converting what the person is saying into your own language. Whereas usually if, if someone has an acting background, there's less of that necessary. And I, I find, and again, it's just for myself and the way I like to go to work, but I like to go to work with people and to work with people. And that idea of being able to work together on the development of a character rather than being in a position where I am simply asking for a result and leaving it up to the actor to figure out how to do it. I, for me, it's just a much more fulfilling experience to actually be able to kind of dig into the how of those things as well as the what. Mm -hmm. But of course, in order to do that, um, you have to have a relationship with an actor where you can work together. What do you guys as both directors and actors uh, think about A, the importance of, but also the how of building the actor-director relationship in a rehearsal process? It's interesting because you can, as an actor, you can tell really quickly if the director works like you do, I feel like. Um, I've been in situations where literally the first day you get in there and you start blocking or you start working on your accent or you start doing something that to me isn't the point of why I'm doing it. I love to talk about what I'm thinking and what I'm doing. And for me personally, I, I immediately can tell if I trust director based on the, the common way that we go about things, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And not, not to say that I don't trust someone that blocks right away, but I'm, I'm instantly kind of skeptical and it takes longer for me um, to get kind of used to the process because I'm not used to that. I like to go about things the other way. How important is the concept of trust in this relationship? I think it's very, I think it's very important uh, because in the end, Something you said, uh, an actor doesn't have perspective. They can't see what's happening. And so they have to put their trust in someone who's watching it. And if you say, I know that feels like it's landing, but it's not. They have to believe that then they need to make another choice because what they feel is correct or the right choice maybe isn't. Um, I mean, in terms of developing that, I think it's, it's, it's almost like a twofold, <coughs> a twofold process. Like when I think about what I do in a rehearsal on like the first couple days, I think one of the most important things, and I think I even do this subconsciously, but we're a family. It's like all of a sudden you're in a room with your new family and you're gonna be in the room together for you know four weeks, six weeks. So to a certain extent, it's about creating unity within the group. So there's like group trust that needs to occur and happen. And, and there has to be a space where everyone is able to trust each other. Um, and then there's individual trust that happens between you and the individual people. Uh, and sometimes you're lucky enough to be working with people that you know, so that trust already exists. And sometimes you're working with people that you don't know, and you have to, to build that trust, either through rehearsal or, you know, sometimes when I don't know an actor, I'll go out for coffee with them the week before we start, just to know who they are. Um, so much of, we, of what we do is based on pulling things from within ourselves. And so if I don't know the person that I'm helping pull things from, I don't know how to best help get them where they need to go. So, you know, even someone saying, oh, I was married and got divorced, suddenly that tells me so much more about what their experience is and what their life has been, so that if we're working on this play together and that's in the play, I understand more of their personal connection to the material mm -hmm. um, than if they were just a stranger to me. 
And I, I also think I think that's absolutely true. And, and I think even beyond it, people like it when people are interested in them. You know, they're yes, going to yeah. take the time to be interested in them, and they don't feel like they're there to be your walking prop and automaton, which I think is one of the great fears of actors walking into a into uh, a, a process is that that's what they're going to be there for instead of being there to create work. I. I also think in terms of um, gaining that trust, something that, that I find is the flip side of it too, is that sharing of yourself can also be a big mm. part of it. That if you're expecting actors to put themselves on the line and really bring themselves to the process, that to be willing to talk about your connection to the work and what it means to you and to, to let your guard down, I think is, is something that actors you know, can A, appreciate, um, and, you know, B, it also sets a tone that we're going to be kind of getting down and dirty with this work and I'm willing to do it and I'm not going it, to... It's that thing about you don't ever want to ask someone to do something that you're not willing to do, um, you know, and, and the way to, to show that. I also find that it's difficult to trust your boss. And so something I try and do immediately, it's, it's not that it's like to, to eliminate the idea of you have to do what I say... Mm -hmm. which people give that to you even if you don't want it when you're the director. Um, so the idea that we're partners, mm -hmm. like we're partners in crime. We have this crazy thing to do. We have to put up the show in four weeks. How are we going to do it? Let's do it together. Here we go. Uh, we're off to the races. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think that that is something that you just, there is an inherent power dynamic in the situation. I mean, there's a reason actually we're talking about the, the title of this episode is Directing Actors. You know, that there is this idea of the director is the one who is acting upon the actors. And, but I think it is important for directors to realize that, you know, they are the one who has the, who is expected to have the power in the room. It is therefore something that they need to actively share in order to make the room uh, a room of, of equals or relative equals or, or, or whatever you want it to be. But it also is something that I, I think is important because to, to make, to give people an investment in their work and a sense of ownership over the process because it's going to allow them to do their best work. But it's something I've heard often from actors when they're in the middle of a process that they don't, that they are not happy with is the idea that the director thinks he knows everything the director's put that that the director's really treating it like their room and their room only and if that's the case and the actors feel powerless it's really easy for them if things start going awry which every rehearsal process at some point starts going off the rails. I mean, if it doesn't, you're not trying hard enough. Um, you know, but it gets really easy to go like, well, I got, there's nothing I can do. This guy's pushing this thing into the drink and there's nothing I can do about it. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, so it's helpful to share that, um, the ownership of the room with everyone. Um, and at the same time, something I find can be really helpful uh, in gaining the trust of the actors and the dynamic is to really be sure as the director that you have done your homework, that you know the play that you're working on inside and out, that you can talk about it in interesting ways, that you uh, have done research about it, that you're able to share with people, that you're able to 
talk about the play, not in a bossy way that this is what it is, but almost no matter what angle an actor wants to talk about it, that you're able to talk about it with them in those terms. Because you are there to do that play. And if you can establish yourself early on as someone who is really full of tools to help the actors unlock that play, it, it, it makes you a really valued collaborator from the very beginning, even before you've done an awful lot of work together. Well, that's, that's your trust. As an actor, you know, I, 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 personal anecdote, I have been in a process where it was the exact opposite of everything you were just talking about, where it was a director that had a lot to say about where I needed to be and how I needed to say it exactly down to the, you know, down to taking the pause here, make sure it's a period, not a comma. I mean, like all these things that were just like really, really tough to sort of calibrate. Um, and act. And act. I'm like, I, I'm like I, I don't, like, I don't, I can't play period. I can't play a comma. I can, I can play the moment. But it seemed like the room was so solely his so, like, we would have questions, and his answer would always be, I don't know. I don't know. And I think it's fine. I think it's fine if that's what... But then we all need to discover that together. Then we all need to play together. If that's... Mm-hmm. I mean, then... I mean, another way of building trust is if, like, if you are without the answers, then let's have the discussion and find them. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than, I don't have the answers, you're not allowed to ask questions, just do what I say. Which... Uh, was absolute hell to to get through. Yeah. It and, was, and something that it really allows for by building up that sort of collaborative sense early on is that inevitably as you get closer to production, there needs to be decisions made. I mean, things need to happen. Ultimately, it is the director's responsibility to make those decisions. And that idea of being able to know that, um, you know, that for instance, if you're able to talk to an actor in actable terms, I think is a very helpful thing where it's not, you know, yeah, it's not make a period instead of a comma. That's not actable. To be able to talk about it in a way that is actable, that when you do get to that part where you're in tech or, you know, wherever you are, and you can say, look, Will, I just need you to make this happen faster. That the actor understands you're not doing that because you don't care about their process, because you don't think that they're creative people, because you don't care what they think, but you're saying that because genuinely it needs to happen faster and we're opening in two days. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, especially when you've built that trust as a director. I mean, for an actor, a lot of times you're asked to go really crazy places or really deep places or really tragic places or, or wherever you need to go. And if if you don't have that trust, you're a lot more less likely to go to those places. And if you have that trust, it's gonna be a better performance all around for everyone. Yeah, um, one one thought I have about that, like building building this relationship with people and and gaining that trust is uh, every actor has a different process. Mm-hmm. Even people who come out of the same training programs, uh, who speak even the same quote-unquote language, have a very different way of going about it. Yeah. So I find it's incredibly helpful to learn to speak everyone's language. And how do you need to talk about mm-hmm. how you create a role versus how you know Will talks about creating a role. Uh, 
is incredibly specific and different from person to person. Uh, and sometimes I work with people who, you know, you you speak to them in act actable terms and they say, you want it faster? Just tell me faster. They, they, they actually don't want to be talked to like that. Yeah. And as soon as you say, yeah, I just want it faster. Like, okay, great. I'll do it faster. And then and they're able to, in their own process, translate it in th that into something actable. Um, it's so interesting because we actually know someone in common who will ask occasionally for a line reading. Because from that, she knows exactly what she needs to do to get there. Where, you know, some actors, that would be the kiss of death. That would be ridiculous yes. to give them an, a line reading. But, you know, for, I mean, if you know the person and if you have a common language and you know what their work is and you know if this is what I need you to do, you know they'll be able to get there. And it's a safe way to go about it. And that's something I actually will say for myself. I actually find that challenging when that's hmm. what actors want. Um, only because I very often, very genuinely don't know what the line reading or whether I want them to yell. I know what the moment is. I know what it's about. But sort of that question of how is it going to wear on this specific group of actors, it could play out in very different ways, but really be the right moment. You know, where one actor yelling it is, you know, it, it, you know is not what we want. It's supposed to be really intense. Some actors get really intense when they yell. Some actors get really intense when they get quiet. And so that idea of, um, I mean, I, I, I think the challenge of that is it's harder to get to know those actors because they're waiting for a result. So I actually mm. am not sure because even if, because there does come a time where later in the process, again, once I know how Jenny or Will, um, you know, behaves in a scene and what their behavior is like and what and how their instrument reacts to things that I can say get louder on that but actually something I tend to say is like you know really go at her on that line you know that's one where you're really going at her you're really is but going at someone can mean a lot of different things but the important thing to me in that moment is that it's the idea of it's there's an attack there's an assault whether it's a cutting one or a full bore attack I'm fairly open to discovering what that should be, but I know that the the tide should be you've stopped retreating and are now coming back at her. Um, you know, which is why <coughs> I want you to go at her. I, I, I don't know. You tell me if that's yelling or not. Uh, or better yet, go at her and find out what it is. Yeah, uh, it's giving direction that allows for individual choice. There's very few ways to be loud. <laughs> but there is so many possibilities for going at someone, like you're saying, and that allows that person to understand what it means for them and fully invest and commit to it, mm -hmm. as opposed to doing your idea loud. Mm -hmm. um, related to, to this, I think, and I'm, I'm actually really kind of interested in what the actors think of this, uh, is how involved do you want a director to get in your process as an actor? And does it depend on the director? And if it does, how do you know? It totally, it actually totally depends on the director. Um, I feel, I feel like there are, in, 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 in my experience, um, directors that I sort of have, uh, that I have a sort of common language with or share a sensibility with, 
Um, I don't mind them um, being closely related with my process. However, there is sometimes, um, you know, when you're when you're working with someone who doesn't quite understand how you approach something, you can feel judged, or I can feel judged rather, and um, and, it, and it's not even something that uh, you know this director will actually even like give voice to. You can just be in their face when they're in, when you're interacting that they don't they really think that you're coming from outer space with what you're expressing and if that's the case then um it's hard to it's hard to actually just kind of let yourself go in rehearsal it's interesting i I feel like i feel the same way because i get really excited about ideas and i really like to share my ideas and if i'm working with a director who does not think the way i do or who is not excited by my ideas or who is judging my ideas or who, you know, who I think is judging my ideas, um, it gets really kind of painstakingly terrible, <laughs> the process, <laughs> um, because I really get excited about different choices and what this could mean and why I would be in the room, and, and I love to talk about it. Um, and so if you, find, if you have a director that kind of feels the same way or who is very open to kind of hearing what you are bringing to the table, it's very exciting and otherwise it can be kind of a, uh, a very isolated process where you feel kind of very alone in what you're doing. Well, I mean, I guess just to, to piggyback on that, I will say, you know, also it's easy to read certain things that in, in a director that aren't necessarily true. So you can feel come out, you know, come out feeling judged or or feeling as if you know they don't understand me, and we're going to be you know loggerheads for this whole process, and that's really not the case. It's and so sometimes I think maybe I elect to keep directors somewhat at arm's length, not necessarily like you will not be inside of this at all, blah blah blah, but more of a more of a, a protection of of my potential in the play. Um, so I don't throw up my own roadblock. Um, yeah, because I think, uh, you know, for for the actor's performance and and work in rehearsal, I think confidence in your own abilities to to approach the script is vital. And if if you're always evaluating it through someone's eyes in a in a negative way, it's gonna it's gonna affect your performance. If you feel isolated, if you feel like it's not your best working conditions, it will affect you. So um, I understand the instinct to put that distance there to protect your work um, in the on the off chance that it can go. Because you still want to do well, even if the the relationship isn't ideal. You, you want to do your best. Um, so, you know, being, being able to, to let them in on your process it can be something that happens gradually. If it, if it happens immediately and instinctively, that's great. But I, you know, sometimes you have to kind of like feel it out first. And it is. I mean, it is also your job to figure out how to do your work with the given circumstances. I mean, it definitely is. It's just yeah. a matter of you know whether you're instantly comfortable with that or whether it's a, a you know a job to do that. But you definitely. I mean, like 
no matter kind of what the circumstances, you need to figure out how to adjust to yeah. those you circumstances. Can't just you can't throw just throw your shut hands off. off yeah, and yeah, say, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is this I play mean, isn't going to work. You need to figure out how to work with that director and you know work with them in your way and you know figure out okay if they're telling you to cry here or be sadder, you know how to do that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it, you just yeah. can't you just can't throw your hands up and walk out the door. I mean you need to you need to. Yeah, I mean, Kit, when you first asked the question, I thought from from like from the director end it's about you know how involved are you in an actor's process it's about permission how involved are they willing to let me be and how soon hmm. the the image that came to my mind is like walking someone home from a date and are, are they going to invite you upstairs or not and they have to invite you up it's nothing that you can shoehorn your way into um, <laughs> uh, but again i think it comes out of the trust and that if they see you working with other people and the way that you're working in the room as helping other people's process along, then they want you to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And a, a lot of this, I think, comes back to actually something that I said in the introduction and sort of just said as a throwaway, but I, I think is, is actually really important, which is the idea that theater is a collaborative art. And I think that that idea of healthy actor-director relationships are ones in which both parties understand that they're undergoing a collaboration and where where you're able to get past the need to protect your own work from either side but that idea that the work we're doing is the play and we're working together to 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 do it um, and I think from a director's point of view something I, I think we've talked about in a different way in an earlier episode, but that idea for a director of doing the play with the actors that you have. Um, that on one hand, you know, that means if some, you know, if you've cast this actor and they're not your picture of what the character should be, rather than trying to beat them into being the character you had in your head, find the way in which the character lives on them in a way which lives in the world. But I think also in terms of process, you need to understand how each of the individual actors work and make it a safe and productive place for them to do that kind of work that they need to do. All of that said, it only occurs to me listening to you guys talking about the different uh, directors that you've worked with. And I was talking before about that sometimes it's challenging, you know, to work with someone who wants line readings. But I think about it. I mean, how many directors, how many actors have I directed? And I've run into that a handful of times. But I do think it's something about the director's prerogative to choose who they work with. Um, and it actually is something that I, I think I, a huge part of my casting uh, thought process is how an actor works, especially once you get into, um, you know, into callbacks and you're working with them a bit. There have been times, certainly, I've been like, they're a really great choice for the part, but I'm not... I'm not sure I want to work with them for a month. And not that I don't like them, but I'm just not sure how far we're going to get together. Whereas this other person might have a little bit further to go, but I think when we're together in the room, we're going to go really far. And so I want to work with that actor instead. Mm -hmm. Whereas other directors might not make choices of casting based on that. So going the other direction, the actor has less, has less of a choice. I mean, they obviously do have a choice of who they work with, but it's less. Now, now, in this collaborative environment, there is something that you hear a lot about, which is the director's vision of a show. In what way does the director's vision play a role in the collaboration between the actor and the director? Well, I always, I always like it when the director shares the vision, you know, so that you have some concept of 
what your part in it is, especially at the beginning of a process. It's nice to know where you're headed. Um, and, and it helps, I think, sometimes to get excited about it, to, to you know, put gas in the engine, so to speak, of uh, what, what, what we're about, what we're going to do. But I, you know, I don't necessarily need to know how every little thing I'm doing plays into it. As an actor, I think something more individual to the character. Even like a vision of the character is not how I would want to discuss, you know, what I'm working on. Uh, I think it's, you know, it's nice to know it and it can help you do your research and homework and stuff. But I, I think it's not necessarily something that comes into the everyday detail of rehearsal. Yeah, I think it's useful to set up the, the world. This is the playground that we're playing in for the next four weeks. Mm -hmm. Let's play. Yeah. You know? I know I like to, in the first rehearsal, you know, be pretty explicit about what my vision, quote unquote, of the play is, but in a very specific way. I rarely try to talk about anything that's like and what the audience will be seeing or anything like that, but I talk a lot about two things, um, which is one, the ideas that underlie the play. You know, this is a play about betrayal. This is a play about, you know, the, 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 in, the thoughts and philosophical things that underlie it. And also the relationship dynamics that I think are important. That these are people who we see them at work, but really they want to get home to their families. And that's the thing that drives the action of the play. And in part, and again, a lot of times it's about the things that excite me about the play. You know, and opening up and showing these are the things that speak to me about the play. But I think what they can also really often do without ever again having to mention your quote-unquote vision is it provides thesis statements for your rehearsals so that you really can say, you know how we talked before about how these are people who even though they're at work, they're worried about home. Let's really try to bring this into the scene. And I, I find it really kind of opens up actors to getting on board the story of the play because you're not telling them no this is how you should do this scene or no this is how you should act in general but it's we talked at the beginning about this is the essential dynamic this is the thing about we talk about betrayal is really important and I think we really want to find the choice where are you coming from that really underlines that for you um, and, it, and it makes it something that if you've presented it up front that this is the journey we're all going for and you can refer back to remember this place we all said that we were going, even though you as the director were the one who said it. It, it helps, thesis statement is actually, I, I think, a, a useful term for it. Um, and very rarely, I think, will actors want to argue about a choice if you're able to frame this is the choice I think we should go with in terms of not because I say so, but because I think this is the choice that supports the thing that we all set out to do at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it just helps you to, um, the more explicit the expression of the, of the vision, for an actor, it just, uh, well, for me, I feel like it just helps, it helps make, helps you, helps you make the choices. Um, and I think that's entirely in what you said, Kit. But I mean, like, I, I think that it, it, it just, it, it focuses, it focuses the, the process for you. It'll, it, 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 it lies out the, the range of choices in a way that will keep, keep the process. And, you know, I, even though I kind of hate to say it, 
you know, the final performance when decisions are being made, it'll keep everything sharper and in focus mm-hmm. um, in such a way that will allow, I mean, it allows me to feel more confident in the work that I'm doing, that I'm very firmly inside of this world. I think that helps with the cohesion element of the director's job, where by setting up the vision ahead of time and then setting up in rehearsal, you know, this is what we're doing today that has, so that you have performances when you're sort of aligning them up to your vision as a director, you have some common tracks that you're putting people on that, that you, like you said, the range of choices that you're bringing in as an actor that fall into that line of the vision that you don't have risk having, you know, wildly different style of performances from different actors like that that actors in a different show than everyone else like that you know it helps to make it more co- cohesive what sorts of things can directors do to make a productive creative environment and especially uh, to empower the actors in the room to really contribute to the process Oh, I think by asking questions. And I feel like a director can really kind of steer an actor towards what they're going for with, you know, with their vision, quote unquote, um, by asking questions and kind of getting the actors to come up with the ideas themselves. Questions can be an incredibly powerful tool because what it allows is a lot of freedom on the part of the actor but the director is setting the area in which that freedom is taking place. So it's the sort of thing, you know, that, that you know, they talk about if you want your kid to clean their room without arguing about it, give them some choice by saying, you know, can you, uh, you know, you can clean your, your room before dinner or after dinner. And there's a sense of power, but they're still going to get their room cleaned. You don't want to do something quite so tricky and binary with, with actors, but it is something where you can say, how does their relationship with this other character feed into this scene? And you as the director are setting the given that you know you want this other character more present in the scene. Um, again, the director is diagnostician. If what you've figured out about what's going on with this actor is that they're not connected to this part of the play, if you can ask the right question about how does your relationship with Billy figure into this scene, almost no matter what answer they give, you're already started down a very productive road of at least talking about the right thing without telling them make it more about Billy. Mm-hmm. I always find that anytime you tell an actor something or tell them an answer, so to speak, then all I ever see for the rest of that scene is the answer they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to, if you ask that question, then they almost dial in themselves how much it is useful for them. Well, they um, interpret it in the way that they need to interpret it to make it make sense. Yes. Answers always feel like a stopping place to me. They, they, they make it difficult to ask more questions or discover things further because it's an end point. And a way that I really do think about my role as director in the room, which again is my particular way of doing it, and honestly adds a number of layers to the process, but I, I think it's interesting, is that idea that the director as storyteller, on one hand you have the story that you want the audience to understand, 
but then you really need to decode what story do each of the actors need to be telling that is going to tell that bigger story. And I don't mean that as what is each character's role, but literally, what is it that Will playing this role, what does the play need to be about for him, this particular actor in this particular role that is going to serve the larger story that we're telling? Um, you know, which is why it can be really helpful in terms of, uh, I mean, things we've talked about in acting um, uh, episodes and stuff before, but to be able to really talk coherently about given circumstance and things like that, that, um, you know, it can be really helpful that, again, rather than giving them a result, this is what you want to do. All right, I've been watching how they work. I've been talking with them about it. I understand the role that this character or this part of their life or whatever it is plays for that actor. So what I can do is say, let's try it again, but let's imagine you're actually coming from Mr. Smith's office. And Mr. Smith told you so-and-so. Let's see how that impacts the scene. And you need, as a director, to be able to pay attention because a lot of times, you know, what you, want to, what you want to do is say, let's find out what happens. I mean, that's something I say all the time in rehearsal. I genuinely mean it. Let's find out what happens if this is where you're coming from, or this is what you want from them, or etc. At the same time, if you really are willing to really watch the actors and see how they work and see what they're responding to in the play, you very, very, very often can give them something where you know where it's going to go, or at least you know very much where it's going to go without having to tell them where to go. And it's that idea of really, it's, it's so interesting what you were saying a minute ago, Matt, about if you give someone something that they have to do, all you can see is them trying to do it. And I, I think that there really are a lot of ways in which your role as director is to really figure out how to help the actor to find the thing that you know, maybe from the first day of rehearsal, that you need them to find, but to really help them to find it on their own terms, so that A, they have real ownership over it, but B, it's that version of the play with this specific actor in it who's doing that thing you need them to do, but in that way that only they could possibly do it, because that ultimately is what makes a play worth coming to see. I also think it's important for a productive environment that actors feel that it's okay to try things and to fail at them um, and that they are not going to be judged as a bad actor if if something doesn't work or if they if they present an idea that is not in line with the vision that that their ideas are you know just the there's nothing worse than being shut down because then you've you've stopped the flow of what they're bringing in. And so even if it seems totally, I mean, you have to kind of do the yes and where, or, or, or like to say, oh, what you just said makes me think of this. Uh, so let's try what you said, and then maybe we'll try one that's this. And so, so that, yeah. or even from the beginning, yes, let's try that. And also add this yeah. into it, you know, where you, yeah. you know, where, you know, it's, it's a collaborative thing. I know for myself, I very, very, very rarely say no in rehearsal. I often say yes and. I often say yes, let's try that and also, you know, or that's really interesting. Let me ask you some questions about it that will, the series of questions will help to shape it. Um, but, you know, I, I think that idea of really giving ownership 
over the character and the character's journey is important. And going right along with, with what you were saying too about the importance, I think, of giving over a period of time of rehearsal that is set aside for exploration. You know, that really we are saying, and I, usually the way I work is I do table work and then a period of exploration where we've talked about the play, we've talked about the issues in the play, we've talked about the complications, we've kind of got a baseline of everyone, but then really to say, okay, guys, this is your turn to play, or this is our turn to play together, and let's try stuff and see what happens. And part, and part of that time is that you want that you want actors to make bold, bold choices and to take chances otherwise the the even if they're making choices or 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 trying different things it may be in such a small area that they're just never going to get to the place that you need them because they they don't have the imp, they don't they don't have the confidence to to try something that they don't that they are afraid of failing and that's something I, that I, I i like to work with table work and then exploration, what I follow that up with is staging then. And sometimes it makes for a very, you know, long night for me, depending on what the schedule is of stage. But I really try not to stage the show until after we've explored. But what I find what that does is not only really allow me to incorporate in the discoveries that we as a group made, but a lot of times you don't have to dictate this is what we're doing, that it dictates itself in the staging. You know, and it's something I know it, uh, actors have, have said in the process that it's like, okay, we tried all these things and oh, there's so much possibility and then we stage it and it's on this line, go over to them and take the sandwich. And it's like, okay, that's the choice we're going with. And, you know, and, you know, hopefully it's something that, you know, they'll recognize as something either they did or is an evolution of something that they had done. Or in some really interesting cases, a rejection of something that they have done. I mean, it's the sort of thing where if someone is always, every single time you worked and they always went to this character, it can be a very interesting to say, okay, let's try it. And on this line, go sit in the chair on the other side of the room. And then without rejecting their choice, you're saying, okay, I've seen what you've been bringing to the table. Let's try something different. Because um, I think the opposite choice might work. But instead of saying, hey, opposite choice, you can give it in staging, which is something that actors... I think generally understand to be much more the purview of the director than necessarily their line reading is. You know, but hopefully you can use your staging to help steer their performance also um, in a way that doesn't feel invasive. Mm -hmm. uh, I always find it's so much easier to stage a play after you've explored it and done that work because then it doesn't, you know, sure it's great when they get the line on this, uh, the sandwich on this line, but they could also go one line later and it's still as full and amazing. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you stage a show before the work, then you spend all of your time filling a shell. Yeah, justifying why they get the sandwich on the line, uh, as opposed to they could do it anytime, or they could go over and break the lamp and it still is full of the fire of what you found together around the table and... Uh, exploring the play. Mm. I think it's important that, um, I mean, well, like from a director's standpoint for me, it was very very important to be open to the discoveries that actors are bringing in and, um, you know, letting some, sometimes letting those impulses inform um, the choices that, that, you know, I would steer them towards and B, also as an actor, feeling that what I'm, I might actually contribute to the world as a whole. 
mm-hmm. feeling, you know, and, and so like going into those, those exploration processes, knowing that it's not just time to humor me, but also time to, that this, you know, essentially my boss does respect me enough to, to use what I'm giving mm-hmm. is really, it's really, it's really important, I think. And again, as, as you said earlier, Matt, ultimately the performance is going to be the actor up there alone on stage doing it and hopefully doing it for several months after the director is essentially out of the picture. And it does exactly no one any good to tell an actor who is excited about something that they shouldn't be excited about it. You know, you want to take the thing they are excited about and shape from there. And yes, you need to shape it towards the thing that you want it to be. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's where it's like if I really think this scene is really about he's terrified of losing his job, but the actor you're talking about it and they're talking about, you know what, it's my mom's birthday and I love my mom and I need to get in that's the thing that's getting them excited. Well, what good does it do anyway to say, no, your character doesn't love their mom that much, they need the job more and stuff. <laughs> you know, there's, it's very easy to shape that into, okay, let's also imagine that your mom is, says every time she sees you how proud she is that you work here. And so what you're really trying to do in engaging this person is you're trying to avoid having to go home and tell your mom you got fired. The audience is not going to have any idea that they're really doing it for their mom. All they're going to see them is fighting for their job. And the thing that you need to see them do is fighting for their job. But if the actor wants to be, you know, building and supporting their relationship with their mother, there's no reason that you cannot do that. And you absolutely should find out what the actor's excited about and build from there rather than telling them no. <laughs> <laughs> and it also allows for, it also allows for, um, for richer colors in, in, in the performance yeah. when, when there is something that, you know, the actor is really excited about that may not actually be what the scene is, but it, it's, it just, it's another, it's a little bit of texture that that person can bring um, that's really important. And it's just, it, it's specificity. Obviously, we've been talking about directing actors and largely talking about directing an actor. But the fact of the matter is, usually in a rehearsal setting, there are multiple actors in a room. And how does that group dynamic figure into the actor-director relationship and how a director can direct actors? Well, when you're in a room with, as an actor, when you're in the room with another actor, often you're comparing yourself and what's going on with you to what's going on with them. And and there can be, you know, sometimes like a, sometimes you can feel like the director is paying attention to the other person. Like if you are asking for, if you're asking for more from the director and they seem to be giving all their attention to somebody else, that can be disheartening and, you know, you might need to ask in that case. But I, I think... The fact is that sometimes different actors need different things from a director and um, the director has to juggle what each actor needs and so it doesn't necessarily mean anything about you but uh, that's just from the actor's perspective. Yeah, I I would say that I'm very aware of that as a director. Sometimes I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm paying this person so much attention in this scene and I've totally neglected this, the other person in the scene. And maybe it's because, you know, 
The person you've been giving attention to needs the attention. They're the one who's struggling. Um, and also, you know, when we get to like run-throughs, I'm very aware of always giving everyone a note that's in a scene, mm -hmm. even if it's positive, even if it's only positive. Say that choice you made was really specific, uh, you know, or even if it's constructive, just finding something to give everyone something to think of for next time is a way to not only counteract that feeling in people, but also because grow the show together. Yeah, and giving notes, it's, it, can, it can be such a delicate thing because, I mean, I think you take notes and you take the notes, but I certainly have found myself going through and realize, all right, what I have to say is, Jen, great job, Will, great job, and there's this one little thing, and Jenny, my God, what are you doing on every line? But as much as it would be very, might be very helpful in a different circumstance to give Jenny every one of those notes, in that circumstance, it actually probably is going to do more psychic damage than it will. Well, it's going to prevent it from getting better than if you are much more selective about the notes that you give. I mean, it is a group environment. And I mean, you said very early on in this discussion, Matt, that it's a family to a degree. And I, yeah. I think it's true you, I, because it's also something where if the cast feels like there is someone who is letting them down that's not healthy they're gonna and, yeah they're and gonna you're gonna know too if it's i mean i hope you would notice if it's you <laughs> if, you, if, I, if i'm getting every single note it, you know that doesn't help and there's a degree to which you can kind of give a group note even if it is directed at one specific person but everyone i mean we need to remember the importance of making you know very strong choices or whatever and although almost invariably Everyone yeah, thinks you're talking true. to them, except for the person who you're talking to. True, 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 true. Good point. Uh, you know, as I, I, I wondered, you know, my, my, my first time um, directing recently, um, which, you know, I was, like, blessed with, like, really great, really great actors um, that made, made me look better than my work was. But, like, yeah. But, no, like, I, I, um, I feel like there was... There were times when I think maybe, as a director, I would approach it from, I wonder if maybe this one person is doing something that is feels like it's derailing things in these moments. Sometimes I would maybe I would I would ask myself, am I actually would I would I be doing a service in maybe asking one of the other actors to maybe feed something into this scene that will allow the other actor to kind of get to a place that that um, is more more along the, the lines of where we're, where we're headed. I think actually that that, that using actors, um, you know, sort of as a lever with the other actors and their performance actually can be incredibly useful if you really want one actor to have to confront something in the scene, you know, to give the other actor a note, and especially if you say up front, this is just something I want to try this time, let's see what happens, let's find out, that you could, uh, you know, that it can really help to, oh, to make whatever that thing is unavoidable to the actor who you really want to make the adjustment with, you know, to get them out of their head, that they're, they're doing what they need to do, but they're being confronted with something that will force them to deal with something. And that said, I had guilt about that for a long time. Like, that's not fair because this other actor is here to do their work and they're not here to be. But what I have found is that 60% of the time, 
the bigger discovery of that run-through is the discovery of the actor who you were just giving a note to, uh, to, to help the other actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times it's because it's something that's really outside of the box. It's like, this is something that's totally not what the scene is, so let's just give it a shot. And so they totally throw themselves at the thing that totally isn't what the scene is. And what you discover is, that really is kind of great if that's what the scene is. Um, so I, I, I think it can be useful and it's, it's, it's I, I, not something to be guilty about. Um, so long as you are actually paying attention to what are both of them learning from the run. And relatedly, one thing that is very much a part of my process and is related to that, um, but is really before each run of something, I like to talk to each of the actors in the scene separately from each other. Um, and that can take different forms. Uh, sometimes it's there's something very specific I would like them to try. Sometimes it's to impact the other actor. A lot of times it's to see what it is. Um, it's, it's for something for them. Um, but sometimes often I'll say, you know, what do you want to work on this run through? You know, what, what, what do you want to do? And be able to either A, just know it, or B, they might say, oh, I've been thinking I'm going to do this, and to be able to have some input about, oh, you know what, it might be more specific if you would add to this, you know, and really, you know, help them shape something that's going to be a really worthwhile run for them. Um, but I think additionally what that does is, A, it does help to create sort of that environment of um, collaboration. Is it's like, we're going to go out in the hall for a minute and talk about this character because we're working together on the character. And you guys aren't working on this character. It, you know, which actually sometimes can be an issue when actors want to work on their scene by working on everyone else's character. <laughs> um, but um, additionally what it does, I find, is create a really useful tension in the run in that we've chosen something together or the actor has chosen something I know about that's very much focused on the other character. At the same time, they know the other character is going to be there to do something that they don't know what it is and therefore are engaged in trying to decode what the other character is doing. And at the same time, they know I know what they're working for, working on, and I find it helps keep on task. That it's that idea of there's this thing I've decided I'm going to explore in this run through. I'm going to do it. I'm going to have to pay attention to the other person because they are doing something too. And I have to stay on task because there's someone else in this room who knows what I'm doing is going to know if I've stopped doing it. And I just find that that is a very healthy tension in the room and really helps to make each run through a productive one. Um, and related, but actually throwing back to, to something a bit before that I find really helpful is even when a run is not a huge success, to find the success in it. That to help the actor feel like they're being productive. That even if something is totally wrong for the scene we discover in the run through or just went badly, which happens sometimes, you know, to, to rather than go, oh, that didn't work, to go, I mean, maybe, oh, that didn't really work. But there was that one moment. Let's talk about that. Even sometimes if there wasn't that one moment, it can be an opportunity to say, oh, there was this, this, this little grain of this that I think would be great to really focus on in the next run through. Um, it just, it's grueling 
it goes back actually to something you said right at the very beginning, Will, about the, the director's job being in part to help everyone else do their job well. And if you're really putting yourself in the line as an actor, it can be a really grueling thing to do and a really scary thing to do. And you can, when you fail at it or feel like you're failing at it, it can be kind of an awful room to be in. And I think that is one of the really important roles of a director and the director always has to keep in mind is that they're there to you know help people find success both in terms of helping them to find great broad success with the character but also to help them find the success in what they did so that they can build on it rather than the failure in what they did so that they can feel badly about what's going on mm. I think that's a good place to wrap up so uh, if you are listening and you enjoy what you're hearing and want to let people know that it's out there, uh, please tell them. Also, you can go to iTunes and uh, write us reviews and give us stars. Uh, if you're listening and enjoy what you're hearing but are not subscribed, you also can go to iTunes and you can subscribe there. If you have any questions or comments about the podcast, you can email us at podcast at cryhabitcompany.org. And if you want to learn more about the Cry Havoc Company, our artists, and the opportunities to come and see our work, uh, please go to www.cryhavoccompany.org. So, for myself, Jen, Will, Jenny, Matt, and everyone at the Cry Havoc Company, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. You can learn more about the Cry Havoc Company at cryhavoccompany.org. Questions or comments can be sent to podcasts at cryhavocompany.org. All music from this show came from the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe.